Welcome to Third in Wine. I'm so excited to have you back for another episode. Obviously, we're talking about football. There's wine involved, and that's literally the basis of this. So I'm really pumped to be back for another episode. I have a great, great guest for you, as I've promised to deliver week after week, episode after episode. So if you joined me on my last episode, I had one half of Talking Giants with me. I had Bobby Skinner on, and I had to complete this you know, little family here and bring on the second half of Talking Giants. And here with me today is Justin Pennick. Justin, thank you so much for joining me. I said this last week to Bobby, the two of you have just been, you know, so great to me for to, for so many years. You know, I've loved you guys since the beginning. And I know you tapped in so early with, you know, Real Football Fans in New Jersey and now with Third and Wine. So, you know, to start the episode, I just want to give you a huge shout out and thank you so much for the support over the years. But I'm pumped to have you on tonight's episode. So go ahead, introduce yourself, even though I'm sure my audience knows exactly who you are, but tell the world what you do and where can, where can everyone find you? Just let them know. No, Caitlin, no, thank you for, for having me on. I'm so excited that, you know, you're embarking on the the new journey with uh, Third and Wine. Uh, you know, I, I know it can be, you know, it, it could be tough to kind of like move shows and especially, yeah. you know, w- moving forward without, you know, Katie. But uh, this is an awesome show. You got off you got off of it uh, right off the jump. Um, and I'm really pumped and thrilled to be talking with you. And the best the best part about like now that we've both been doing this for a couple of years now, it's not just, oh, I'm going on a show. It's like, oh, no, we've like met each other in person. We're talking like, to no, friends. I'm, I'm talking I'm talking with a friend and I'm yeah. catching up with our friend. And we're simply using the excuse of, oh, let's just go on a podcast together to catch let's up. This friend. So, um, <laughs> so I love it. So, uh, no, I'm I'm Justin Panic, you know, uh, ha- half of half of talking giants over at John Boy Media. Um, we do some stuff for JM football, too, that we're that we're trying to grow as time goes on. Um, really pumped for this football season, really pumped for this giant season. And obviously, you know, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to chat today all about it. Absolutely. So yes, uh, obviously thank you so much for popping on with me. So two quick things before we get into it. So something that was funny that Bobby pointed out in the last episode was the t-shirt that I'm wearing. So I totally screwed up and did not wear it last time, but it is our Danny Dimes shirt. And you know, this was at a point where, you know, he was saying you guys sold like a couple of these and you were mm-hmm. so happy. And if that happened today, you would be so mad. <laughs> you only sold a couple. But me and Katie were like two of your first purchases because we love the T-shirt. So I knew I had to wear it tonight to obviously represent you guys. There is, I must obviously tell my audience, there is an updated version because this one does say in Gettleman we trust. <laughs> there is an yeah. updated Danny Dimes shirt. So please, please go to, uh, you know, Talk and Giants anywhere and get the updated version. I need to buy the updated version. And that's I like a collector's it. item. It's a it collector's is. item because not only does it say in Gettleman that we, in Gettleman we trust, but you know it has like his face on it, and back then you yeah. know we were we were small enough that um, you get away with it that you, that you can get away with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But now 
Um, I'll tell you a little behind the scenes story before we kind of fully get kicked off. So we made a um, pressure breaks pipes shirts mm-hmm. this year with wink with wink Martindale's face on it. Now I love that. it wasn't like a wasn't like it was a face where it was like a drawing of it. Like our design team kills it, does a great job where you know we could put somebody's face on stuff or you know somebody's figure without getting in kind of like copyright trouble. So we got an email from Dion Dargan who's like one of the heads of like PR over at, you know, at the giants. Right. And we're like, can we talk to somebody? And we're like, ah, shit. Like <laughs> what, what no. did we do? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's usually, <laughs> and he didn't even say what. So eventually, you know, he, uh, higher ups at John boy media talks with Dion Dargan. It turns out that Wink Martindale saw the shirts and he wanted some. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was so that was this past season. So we're oh, thinking, oh, that. my. And we're, we're literally telling the John Boy media where people don't take shit from them. They can't do anything. <laughs> like we're, we're literally freaking out. And lo and behold, it was Wink Martindale want, wanted some of those shirts. So, uh, oh, my goodness. So, yeah. I would just retire after that. Like you guys have set the bar so high. You've done so many amazing things that I've seen. Like I know last week we were, excuse me, last episode we were talking about, you know, the van with you guys and Andrew Thomas. Like there's so many things now hearing that story i'd be like all right i'm hanging it up here wayne carondale wanted one of my <laughs> that's that's amazing i am so happy you shared that with yeah. us so yeah. and now i'm gonna have to go and buy that t-shirt now there's so many things on my list i've got a wish list before the 2023 season starts because i want to be decked out um i think I've, I've i've said this on you know the previous podcast and now this one like when it comes to the giants jerseys for me i'm a little unfortunately jinxed um in many areas um i was fortunate enough this season to have landon collins come back because Mm -hmm. he is one of my jerseys but that doesn't happen all the time so i'm always looking for merch like this that i can wear on sundays around the house that i can show up to games in and kind of make like look real nice and cool but so i i will be definitely looking looking at that for sure um, something else that came out of my conversation with Bobby and I would love, and I hope you listened and heard it because we talked about the van with Andrew Thomas and that you initially did not like that idea and you thought it was stupid. I had to, I knew, I said it on the podcast that I was totally bringing this up when I spoke to you. It was a debate. Like it was like, we're not freaking doing this. Cause I also was thinking just from a, you know, cause Bo- so here's, you know, Bobby's and I's relationship and the dichotomy. So I, I also edit and I produce Talking Giants too, along with, you know, co-hosting and, and things like that. So I also have to think of, well, what's the feasibility of this? Like, is it going to look good? Is it going to sound good? Is it, is it a product that we can put out there that people are going to be able to digest? And at the time, I'm like, there is no way that we're going to be putting a camera with inside a stand <laughs> It, with a roadcast, like there is no way that we're going to be able to fit all right. of this. And it, with, with Bobby Skinner is a more—he is a larger human being than Andrew Thomas. Like a bigger bus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was really not on it. But then you know, finally, after I think it might have been like an hour or two hours of texting or talking back and forth with Bobby, I'm like, all right, we'll we'll do this. And clearly, you're not you're not going to back down from it. And lo and behold, it, you know, it's not only led to, you know, okay, Andrew Thomas was interviewed there. Our training camp series is we bring all of the beat reporters on um, inside the van. My rule was last year is that for audio purposes, we needed the AC to be off. I think I may make an exception this year. And I'll yeah. leave the AC on so we're not just sweating next to Jordan Ronan. But uh um, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's turned into basically our summer our summer van series, uh I love interview it. series. So 
And I heard the van might make a trip out to one of the away games. So if you guys do that, Ooh. I'm happy to happy to join on board there. But <laughs> to, to escape the heat, you should guys get those things that wrap around your neck now. The cooling fans, they look like headphones and you just like wrap it around your neck and it's a fan. LSU also has like air yeah. conditioned helmets. Well, I mean, if you want to wear a helmet on like yes, 90 let's just day, wear a helmet in the day at this point, yeah, there's so much. <laughs> There's so much technology. You guys can totally get away with it. But I love. I knew I had to bring that up. Absolutely yeah. love the banter there. And I love that, you know, the behind the scenes as well. Because I think, obviously, people see your produced product and they think it's mm -hmm. amazing. They think it's incredible. Oh, but that just happened. No, it didn't what, just no, happen. No, <laughs> it didn't. It was a two-hour text argument behind the scenes. So I, I just, I think that's amazing. <laughs> All right. So on every episode, I do like to, this will obviously kick up a little bit hotter once the season's here, but just some things that are going on around the NFL. And I just have honestly like three like little things, but you see the, the lion's new helmets or alternative helmet. It's uh, a little bit of a point back to their legacy, but it's still brand spanking new from a lion's fan. I did ask one of my connections. He loved it. What are you thinking about it? What is, what is the significance of the two lines? On so the there is so Adam Schefter had tweeted out the helmet, but then what I really enjoy what NFL teams do when they put out like legacy or alternative things, their design team actually comes in and tells you why they made decisions. I'm a geek, I'm a marketer, so I yeah. geek out at that stuff. So they did actually map out the reasoning behind each point. So I don't know that specifically, but under Adam Schefter's original tweet, there is the detail of why we chose this, why we chose that. So um, it's definitely out there. Yeah, if I find out the reasoning for it, then I'll be behind. I love like the sky blue, like, even like the the blue oh, of this border. Like yeah. the sky blue is mm -hmm. my favorite color, and the fact that they like leaned into it with the helmet, I'm like that's it. why I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I like it too. And the reasoning why I like it as well is the point back to legacy. I think when yes. teams kind of throw out alternatives and there's really no story behind it, like. Obviously, the Giants going back to like our legacy uniforms this year was just yeah, people you know, love it. They want that the full time. Yeah. It was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Everyone was like, "No, these aren't alternatives. These are please give them to me every single game." Like you had just said, I was the I bought two right away. Let me buy two legacy <laughs> jerseys, and I don't buy jerseys. We already discussed that, and I did. I couldn't help myself. I had to. So I think when a team really deep got dives deep into their roots and uh, brings back some stuff, it modernizes in a little bit. I love it, but when it's just kind of like a random alternate i'm not a huge fan of that yeah yeah um so definitely definitely cool to see so um spoke about this actually with you know bobby as well so because it was hot like two weeks ago with the whole gambling situation mm. that's going on with the nfl so today they put out six strict rules with the gambling policy do not bet on the nfl do not gamble in the facility or when you're traveling for road games at the hotel or maybe if you're staying at i don't know a family's house anything like that don't have someone bet for you no sharing of insider information do not enter a sports book during the season and don't play daily fantasy football. So I don't know what daily fantasy football means. I mean, if that's just fantasy football, just don't play fantasy football. But the question here, Justin, is that do you think this should be a little bit more relaxed for NFL players? Do you think they should be able to gamble like larger from a sports perspective or specifically on the NFL? Oh, well, yeah, I, I definitely... I definitely think they shouldn't be able to gamble on the NFL. It's but too like close sport, for hop. Yeah. But, but sport, I mean, just larger with sports. Yeah. So does, does the parameters go to like out just outside sports? They can't gamble at all, like on any sports. 
So, I mean, it's the gambling in the facility. I think that's what you're not allowed to gamble okay. on sports in. So well, if yeah, you're strictly fine. within your, well, I think about work. So like yeah. my company, for example, blocks sports gambling yeah. websites. I'm not physically allowed to gamble at work. Makes totally yeah. total sense. But there are people that definitely raise that. Like what if they're just there for, I don't know, to hang out or something. They should... But I, I don't know. It's just such an open like argument and discussion across so many levels. I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the only thing because daily fantasy is different from season long fantasy, and that and that's the question that I was asking some of my coworkers yesterday. Like, like does daily like are they are they putting in under the umbrella of like all fantasy football with daily fantasy? Because technically, with right. even season long fantasy football you play you can play it daily because you're making substitutions. You are exactly, and I know a lot of the players will. Like they'll have their own fantasy teams. So then what does that, I mean, how, how many of the percentages of fantasy leagues are paid? Like right. all of them that I'm in are, are, are paid. So I can imagine if there are players that have paid fantasy season long fantasy leagues, could they not do that? So it's the NFL is clearly really putting a line in the sand, right. which I already <laughs> thought the line was in the sand, but I guess now they're making it clearer that man, if there's, right. if there's anything that gets, even close to sports betting under the NFL label and you are an NFL player, they're just not going to allow it. They're yeah. not going to allow it. Yeah. I just think like after Calvin Ridley, you kind of thought people would kind of get the gist of it. Like we shouldn't be doing it, but what we've uncovered over the last six months or so is that players are still doing things that aren't allowed, but well, and, I, and I guarantee this yeah. is, I think maybe Calvin really maybe uncovered some, I, I think players do it all, all the time. Like, oh, of course. But I'm just saying now, too, like, so the NFL had to come out with six things today. Like, is it kind of their problem as well that they haven't detailed this out? Like, it's at the end of the day, you really need to. I yeah. mean, I've always thought the NFL just has, like, a really awful, like, conduct, like, policy and, like, conduct yeah. board. They don't know what they're doing half the time. Someone on the, gets in on trouble. the field, NFL is very different from off the field. Though. Yeah. Anything Extremely happens, it, they're just like, shit, what do we do about this situation? <laughs> and it, it's anywhere from sports gambling to murdering your wife. It's like they don't know what the fuck to do. And yeah. it's just like <laughs> – it's very questionable. Um, their conduct board is not a good board. I've said that for, I think, 10 years at this point. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, and then finally, I mean, this just kind of, it's popping up in my feed. I actually just added it onto the outline right before. What are your quick, your hot take on the Kadarius Tony video that we saw rolling around? <laughs> I have this thing as like a Giants fan <laughs> where if you're not on the Giants anymore, you're you kind of like don't exist. You're butt hurt though if you're not you know, on the Giants anymore. I, I I cheered my little heart. I had the great opportunity. You know, speaking of sports betting, DraftKings. Um, use promo code World when you sign up. Uh, <laughs> but you better Kings, give me half of that. <laughs> DraftKings sent Joe's McFly and I to the Super Bowl, and that was like an yes. awesome experience. So I cheered my little heart out for Kadarius Tony. Right. It was like a perfect storm of, you know, Hey, Tony was a giant. We kind of, you know, we kind of liked him. We, we knew, you know, the, tr the trade was needed and necessary and stuff like that. Plus he was playing the Eagles. So, of course, you know, if Tony wasn't who he was with the giants, knowing that there was questions literally since day one of right. his dedication to the game of football, his dedication to the giants, his dedication to actually staying out on the football field, you know, if Tony and also just not playing, like you cannot really care about football 
and you can not really know the playbook, but you can still be healthy and you can still go out there and be a stud for your team. Mm -hmm. He wasn't even that. Mm -hmm. So knowing just how Tony's tenure with the Giants went and then the compensation of a top 100 pick that eventually turned into Darren Waller, the compensation that plus a plus, you know, Trey Hawkins too. love, love me some Trey Hawkins out of old dominion. Um, You know, the compensation knowing that we got back for Darius Tony, a guy who was never out on the field for us. I'm like, I have no reaction to seeing that video. It's like, all right, dude, like we, we know you're, we know you're a little wild. We know that this is what you're like. And the more that we see it kind of act out, the more that we know that you're not the right guy, you're not the right player for New York. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I just think the frustrating thing, like every time he's been mentioned lately, it's always about the giants. Like, dude, like as active as you are on social media, like open your eyes. Like we were all rooting for you. No one ever, we were dying for you to get on the field when you made explosive plays. We were like, that's why we got this guy. That's why we did what we did to get him. So it's just like, there was never, even when I was questioning why he was hurt, why he wasn't out there. Everyone was like, it's fine. We're going to wait and he's going to be great. Like, I just, I don't understand like where, and I think it's, it's honestly, when people leave the giants, I just made the comment earlier. Like, I think they're butthurt, to be honest. We've seen some, and maybe it's your relationship with management. Maybe it's your relationship with whatever, but I don't think, I think people leave and they just turn against us. And it's at the end of the day, no one was really against you. So, but it's also the frustrating thing is with the meat is with the media, because also then the media will be like, oh, well, look, the Giants missed out on a Super Bowl winning wide receiver. Let's realistically look at how many games Kadarius Tony played with the Chiefs. played for us. And I watched. Yeah. I watched Tony like on the side. I watched Tony for them on the majority on the sideline during the Super Bowl. Besides, right. I will say a sick whip route that of really anybody, you know, not anybody could run, but Kadarius Tony yeah. made it look really cool and really good. But that's a goal line package where literally the coach on the sideline can whisper into your ear, yeah. you're going to run this route. Okay, go out on the field. And then he had a sick punt return. Right. But outside of that, like he's not involved in the Chiefs yeah. offense. And I, think part of the reason why he's not involved in the chiefs offense is because you know there is no there's no fully confirmation on whether he knows exactly what to do where to be and where to go um which i think is i think is was an issue for him in new york it was an issue for him in new york with two different coaching staffs um and we'll see if it continues to be an issue for him now that he has like a full summer to do stuff but uh yeah i mean that that's the thing where you know the media will be like well the giants missed out on this well look at actually what Kadarius tony is doing outside of the one to two highlight plays he'll give you every two, three weeks. He wasn't taking us to a Super Bowl, so what no. did we miss out on? No. And he didn't take the Chiefs to the Super Bowl either. So No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move into some talk about, you know, the Giants. Obviously, we talk about talking Giants. I actually did get a question in on Twitter. <clears throat> Someone is curious, oh. are you guys doing a 24-hour live stream of oh, talking geez. Giants? And um, when is it? That we don't know when. Um, that's another one of those things that Bobby's. I didn't there, know about like, this. I'm excited. Bobby's like, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. We we should do it. We should do it. And I'm like, eh, should we? Um, it, apparently, there was there was one day where I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I want to know what I was on that day. I want to know what <laughs> mood I was in. What did I have for dinner? Did I get a great night's sleep the night beforehand? Maybe. Like. How did I bowl? I must have bowled like a 250 or something. Love it. I must have been in a great mood to say, oh, yeah, we should do. Because Bobby was like, you definitely said that we should do it. Um, <laughs> I think I think a fair goal, we're already at the end of June. I think a fair goal is sometime during the, the, the week before camp. Okay. 
starts, I think is like a goal for us to, if we are going to do it, we're going to do it then, or we should get kooky and do it while Bobby's up here for training camp and just do it all in the live stream lounge. That is also an idea. And then we can have like all of the John boy media people. We can invite people to the office. And I think that would almost be more fun rather than us sitting like at our desk remotely for 24 hours. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to give you my best advice right now. Don't okay. do that. <laughs> <laughs> See, you have good ideas, though, to counter Bobby with. So counter him with that idea. You I just had. thought of this idea. So, so I think I'm going to tell him that. All right. So everyone listening right now, write that down for Justin. Send it to him. So and, he if knows. I for- and if I forget, then le- then tell me that I forgot. All right. Everyone watch on demand. Clip this. Let him know. <laughs> All right, so we saw yesterday that Alec Ogletree is retiring oh. after nine seasons. Um, yeah, so what do you remember him about his time on the Giants? I mean, personally, I remember him coming in and making an impact right away from a leadership standpoint. He was captain right away, and I was like, wow, like this is something. We had a rough couple seasons. Like, we needed something like this. Um, obviously, his time wasn't terribly long. Um, I, I hated seeing him go, but... You're looking at a guy, he was on what five different teams, four or five different teams. You got the Rams, the Giants, the the Patriots. He went to I know he was with the Rams before the Giants, and the, he was Rams? with the Jets for a little bit too. Maybe that might um, be the four teams? the Jets, the Jets after the Giants. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, Alec Ogletree. Um, I didn't, pert- I didn't love him, okay, and I had after this is actually one of my best takes, like in my early infancy Giants, like covering the Giants <laughs> days. 2018, he a lot of, he had a lot of interceptions, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of fans kind of like got behind. So yeah, this is oh hey he's a he's a playmaker, did some good stuff, and then and I'm like I I don't think he like he misses a lot of tackles. He had a very high missed tackle. He made a lot of tackles, but he also missed like a tremendously high number of tackles. And then 2019 right. comes. And because there's no linebacker depth on the Giants, I remember Ryan Conley was there for a few weeks, but then he gets oh, hurt yeah. and suffers a season-long injury. So then, there, you know, that's been an issue for the Giants. It's still an issue for the right, Giants today is their is. linebacker depth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> outside of Blake Martinez and Tay Crowder for one year, you know, they've had really bad linebacker right. depth. Um, so he so he eventually gets benched in 2019. It was that Washington game, the, the Andrew Thomas slash Chase Young Bowl, that oh. he actually kind of gets like benched in right. that game. Um, and I, and I like, I, I was kind of proud of myself that I didn't fully love Alec Ogletree after his 2018 season. Cause his 2019 was not very good. So I hate to be poo pooing on Alec Ogletree, but right. that's how I remember him as a giant, unfortunately. Well, no, I mean, I, <laughs> it's, it's fair. Um, it makes total sense. And yeah, I mean, we, that's the thing. Like when it's, interesting when these players that have been with us for a certain amount of time a couple years later they do end up retiring you're like oh yeah like they played for the giants like what's so like that just stood out to me like him just yeah. making an immediate impact from a leadership standpoint no, he de- he definitely did i mean we needed leadership at that time after 2017 and that yeah. whole catastrophe um so you know, many leaders they made we, we made that trade you know that off season um, and that was one of Gettleman's like moves that people like really like, yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. you know, they overpaid for Solder. People were kind of iffy on that. <laughs> you know, obviously drafting Saquon at two was a was a controversial topic at the time, but a lot of people liked that. But the one move that everybody was like, hell yeah, was oh, okay. trading for a really good, you know, yeah. 
what we thought a you know, linebacker at the time from from um, it was St. Louis at the time, even before they were Los, Los Angeles. I know time. that's a so. key factor as well. Yeah. They were not Los Angeles. Yeah. So that was one of Dave Guttelman's last uh, unanimous, really good decision moves that even turned out to not be, to that be great. not that great of a decision. Yeah, we... that's Dave Guttelman in a, in, a, in summary. That could be a whole episode within itself. But <laughs> speaking of brighter times, we are moving into the 2023 season, which, you know, we're coming off a really great season, moving into brighter, you know, brighter, better things. Uh, what are you doing, you know, for yourself with Talking Giants? What are you guys doing to prep for the 2023 season? Well, even just this, I'm going to give you like, like a player coach answer for a second. Okay. Um, as a fan, I'm honestly... I'm looking forward to week one so much. Like last year, I I knew that I was going to go to Tennessee and I went to Tennessee and I booked that trip and I was so excited for that trip because yeah. I'm like, I'm going to watch the Giants. It's going to be new Joe Shane, Brian Dable. Right. Finally, Daniel Jones, we feel like has like competent coaching and good coaching. So I was like week one, knowing also the team that we were playing that, hey, they're good. They're like a fringe, good, you know, average team. If we can start off the season with a win, that would just set the energy and the tone for the season. And it did. Lo and behold, it did. You know, especially in the way that we won too, where yeah. it was the first Giants game, and I can't tell you how long, where the Giants played a bad game, but they somehow won. And yeah. I feel like sometimes good teams do that, where good teams will not play perfect football, but they'll find a way to win at the end. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And especially with being aggressive and going for two and getting a little good luck. And I, I won't ever complain about getting good luck since we've been on the receiving end of so many, you know, bad luck, good luck plays for like other teams of like them kicking like 65, 63 yard field goals. Yeah. I don't feel bad like for that. the Titans at all. We deserved so. that, but like quick shout out, people need to go to your Twitter. Obviously it's at Justin Penneg. <laughs> your reaction is pinned to the Titans. Yeah. It is just, it is pure, pure gold, honestly, your reaction, because I had the same one. At first, your face is just so monotone. You're like, well, fuck. Like, mm -hmm. I was literally in, so I'm in like a, a small condo. I was in, I was standing up and they were doing well. So I'm in my head. You cannot sit down you for the rest of the game. Yeah. And I ended up backing myself like into a corner of my house and they we're still doing well. So I was, and I just, I was in the corner for like five minutes, honestly. And I was just, just standing there and the, and I'll, it's one of those things. I love this because you can never forget it. The decision was made to go for two. And I just said, what the fuck out loud? Mm -hmm. Like I had no, I had no trust. I know that sounds so bad, like so bad, but then for it to happen, like I almost like leaped over my couch. And was like, yes. And just melted into my, like melted into the ground of pure happiness but your reaction is just incredible and so again go get to go to justin's twitter and it's the pinned tweet and it's just i think you had every reaction that all yeah. of us had that day but you were oh there in God. person so i don't know how i would have just been like sweating profusely <laughs> like not even knowing how to control myself you know it was it, it really was awesome but i mean looking <clears throat> forward to this year like Again, the play, the coach player cliche answer is, I'm just so ready for week one. Yeah, I'm um, I'm so ready for week one because again, week one, the Giants, the 2023 Giants have an opportunity to set the tone for the season. Where the big thing last year was, okay, great, you know, you won some games, you we went, uh, you know, what was it, five and zero, oh, 
against mm-hmm. the AFC. You know, you beat the you know the AFC South, which is kind of mid, and then you had a great win against the the Ravens. You know, so you went five and zero in the AFC, but you didn't take care of business at all in your division. Um, you know, only winning one game and tying another one, both against the team that finished in fourth place. So they have an opportunity against Dallas, a team with the new play caller, where they could win and they could, again, put a stamp on what this season could be. Now you lose week one, that doesn't mean the end of the season, of course, but it, it could, how awesome will it be to come on, like, again, like a podcast or, you know, go into work on yeah. Monday or do whatever. And then the Giants are one and oh, and they yeah. beat the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. I mean, that is, that would be a staple signature win <laughs> with the season barely even beginning. So I know. I'm really looking forward to week one. And it's the same mentality that I took last year. If I, I booked that trip. I'm going to go to Nashville. We're going to, we're going to win. There was like, I, yeah. I am not going to go to Nashville, Tennessee to lose. Okay. I am not going to go to Sunday Night Football versus the Cowboys at home. And I, I'm not going to lose. And it's the same mentality and it's the same thing this year. So that's as a fan. But um, uh, for tailgates, um, for kind of like talking Giants-wise, um, you know, it's business as usual with PPPs and our camp coverage and live streams and things like that. But what I want to do differently this year is I'm in talks with a few different like kind of food providers. And every week I want to have – like the goal is every week – um, I want to have like a full tailgate experience, um, yeah. you know, with food, you can maybe purchase some tickets. I want it to be like the cheapest tailgate. There's some tailgates that charge like a hundred dollars to like get in and like have food. I was going to say, I've never um, been to one of those. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I like my goal is to be the cheapest giants tailgate, um, you know, for not only people that kind of know us, but even people that maybe don't right. know us. And also people that maybe, you know, they want to come and tailgate, but they also don't want to pay a hundred dollars, maybe no. just as much if, you know, I'm not going to say Giants tickets are a hundred dollars, but you know, it ha- maybe half of what they're paying for a ticket just to tailgate. Yeah. So, um, and then they can reckon, then they could know like, Hey, you know, this is talking Giants. This is yeah. Justin Panic, And this is like the entire community of people that we got here. They can come and you can hang out with and you can talk Giants with. So my goal is this year to really upgrade our tailgating experience. Um, I want each week to have like a theme. Um, you know, let, last year we tried to do a blackout where we have our black talking giants tailgate crew shirts. Um, the game that I decided to do the blackout on, it turns out that the giants had other plans and that was the whiteout game. <laughs> so I scrapped it. I was like, well, I, we can't do this now. I don't know why we did a whiteout. That was hard. I struggled so hard for Especially that game. Especially the Cowboys where it's like, I know. it's like, wouldn't we blend in with like their fans jerseys? <laughs> we did. There um, was so many people, Cowboys fans wearing white jerseys. I wore a white it, sweatshirt. I got great. My black idea yeah. was great. It would have been in direct contrast to their right. white jerseys and, and, and whatever they were. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, so that's like a goal that I have. Um, I want to do a Madden tournament. Um, amongst like everybody. And I want to do like backyard games, um, you know, like corn, like have like a certain week of like cornhole flip cup. Um, so each individual week, make maybe we'll do like a Halloween theme where one week I'll like Decker will like, it'll be far enough into the season where hopefully we'll have some wins. So then we'll, we'll like customize like gravestones and have like, you know, week one Cowboys, the score. Um, and then maybe we can even do some fun stuff like, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Patriots, 2007, you know, 2011 and, and stuff like that. So I really want to upgrade the tail, not just providing with food, like that's part of it, but per, like really upgrade the the lifestyle aspect of what we do at Talking Giants. That's like, so there's yeah. like a personal goal of like win week one. Of um, and then the, the business goal of like, Hey, let's like, let's like do more. 
lifestyle yeah. stuff. I, I love it. And, you know, I'm so happy that you, you, you have so much behind like the strategy, like week after week and like what you want to go into for 2023. I, I must say that the tailgates that you guys already put on are just so welcoming and so warming. You know, I love stopping by every time I can. I know I'm not there for the entire time with you guys, but I do love swinging by, seeing you, seeing all of our other friends that we've developed over the past year. But even just sitting back sometimes, Justin, and watching you interact with so many different people, it's just really nice to see because you have built such a really nice community for Giants fans. Um, and it just, again, so you've done a really good job so far. So it's great to hear, you know, what you have in store for this season. So no, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. I will, I will be there. So especially that Halloween one, I love Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I will be there for sure. <laughs> So let's talk about some current things going on with the New York Giants. I've got three separate topics for you here. The first one, obviously, it's the hottest one going on in New York right now. Saquon Barkley, what are your thoughts? Where are we headed? What's going to happen? Saquon Barkley. Um, what I I'll get in, I want to get into what I want to happen. Okay, that's um, fine. It's tough business wise, but I want the Giants to play him on the tag. Like, yeah. and I, I think he will eventually sign it if, yeah. if the giants want to go that route and they don't want to offer an extension or even if you know the extension that the giants are offering saquon barkley doesn't want to do i i think it's best for the giants and also part of me thinks it's not super unfair to saquon barkley um it, it is unfair but it's, it's not it's not super unfair and, and yeah definitely feel free to like dis disagree with me but no i don't um, i don't think it's unfair okay I'm, I'm yeah because i mean 10 million <laughs> 10 million dollars guaranteed will still put him up uh, as as a top paid running back it's not the top paid running back um you know it's not i i don't even know if it would be top three but um just knowing his history Yep. And this is this is where it's tough business wise. And I don't want to sound like a jerk knowing his history, knowing the history of the running backs. And, and then also he's coming off a season where he touched the ball so much and they relied on him. You know, the Giants needed Saquon Barkley. And there were certain points of last year where they relied on him way too much, where they yep. should have been throwing the ball more on early yep. downs and putting the putting the <laughs> offense in Daniel Jones's hands. And eventually towards the latter part of the season, they did. And you saw the efficient, you know, the efficiency against the Colts. You saw it against the Vikings and and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think they should, I think you should play on the tag and it should be a yep. one year. You get your $10 million guaranteed, regardless of whether you play one game or you play in 17 games. And if he plays well enough this year, then you can sign the tag again and he gets $12 million. And that is again, yep. Two years of you know twenty two million dollars that are fully guaranteed. It's not three years, um, like I, I I think he's looking for. It's not three years of guaranteed money, but just the nature of the running back position and the nature of kind of where the NFL is and knowing where this Giants team wants to go. They just paid Daniel Jones a lot of money, and I guarantee they didn't pay Daniel Jones a lot of money for Saquon Barkley to touch the ball as much as much as he did last year. They're paying Daniel Jones you know around forty million per year. Um, the expectation is that this Giants team is going to start to throw the ball more and be a more balanced team, not a pass first team, but just a more balanced team. Um, you know, and Saquon Barkley getting, you know, three, four years of guaranteed money and knowing that the best play may not necessarily be fully in front of him. It's part of that conversation. The right. franchise tag. I think is a smart thing to do as a football team and as a franchise, it's still giving Saquon Barkley the opportunity to earn something while also getting paid somewhat fairly. 
Yeah. So I think what people kind of like not see fully is that, you know, he played a really good season. So you talked about earning it. Daniel Jones took how many seasons to finally get to where he is today. So I think he earned his contract. Saquon Barkley has been great for us. He had, you know, a lot of downs though with injuries and with certain things. And last year he played his ass off. So you saying that he needs to earn it is not far-fetched at all. He technically needs to. So just because he's been around a little bit longer than Daniel Jones does not really account for anything. So I think you're right with him playing on the tag. Um, and I was totally going to think of something else I had in my mind, but I'm blanking on it right now, but, no, but even think I about this too. You. You, yeah. you mentioned some injuries and when the giants team, when the team was worse last year, it's when Saquon, it's like Saquon Barkley was not performing well. And that's, and that's part of it. Like the line was right. still pretty much the same. The scheme was still pretty much the same. Right. It was Barkley's kind of performance that started to kind of dwindle down. And that did coincide with, even though he didn't miss any games, it did coincide with there was kind of like this shoulder injury that he was struggling with towards the middle part of the year. Yeah. Um, and Saquon Barkley has not, and think back to even 2019 too, where he where he kind of sprained his ankle um, in, in that Bucks game, that first Daniel Jones start. Yeah. He missed a couple weeks. He came back and he was not himself until the final part of that 2019 season. And then look at this past year. Suffered that injury. Great, you didn't miss any games, but the performance really suffered. Yeah. So the Saquon Barkley does not deal with injuries well. So no. even if he's playing, if he's and, and, and this is so tough, it's it's not really fully fair to him. It's just where the NFL is right now with running backs. The shelf life is really short. Um, and I look at I Dalvin Cook. He's 27, 26 years yeah. old, 27 years old, and someone keeps referring to him on his like the latter half of his career and i'm like 27 years oh, old excuse me i'm like get my walker ready <laughs> yeah i'm 25 <laughs> oh my god okay you're so much younger than me but i'm just like holy shit this guy's 27 and they're like near the end of his career like yeah. i'm done then like i'm out of here yeah. <laughs> like, look at zeke too like ezekiel Elliott's another right. example of how how fast the fall off really can it, be it, it does you know and their zeke- value is just not there and it's not it's not their true value as a player. It's how the NFL deems running yeah. back. It's a passing yeah. game. They want these hot, cool passes down the field. They want Justin Jefferson multiplied by billions. That's yeah. what they want. They want Patrick Mahomes throwing weird ass shit. They want him all over the place. That's what the NFL is triggered towards. So they are going to pay those people the top dollar. They're not, yeah. it's running backs, unfortunately, but then we see the teams get screwed when they don't have a solid running back. So I don't know where the answer lies. Well, I I think I've always had the philosophy and and I finally said this line this past year. I think NFL teams should build their offense off of a running game and not the running back. Okay, and that's, that's where like that. that's yeah. where like the philosophical decision of even just taking Saquon Barkley second overall in 2018. That's where that lies because Dave Gettleman thought that the running back would fix the running game without actually, you know, recognizing that you need the offensive line to have the efficient running game to begin with. And Saquon Barkley finally got that offensive line, you know, this mm-hmm. past year, and you saw how well he was able to do. And you saw how, right. you know, at times he was really efficient. Then at times he depended on the volume, you know, which, which is fine. If you're winning the game, you're going to be getting a lot of carries n- naturally. Like my, yeah. my course and my path to victory for the Giants this year was it's it's very different than what they did last year. 
I want the Giants running game to be based on efficiency, not necessarily volume, where I want early in the game. And Mike Kafka has talked a lot about this during the spring, too, about getting off to faster starts. That's been like a big self self-evaluation, self-teaching of the coaching staff this past summer when looking back at all their games, the offense did not get off to a fast start. Think of how many second-half comebacks, double-digit right. second-half comebacks that they needed to do. So I want this Giants offense throwing on early downs, being efficient on early downs, getting some explosive plays, putting points up on the board in a hurry, kind of maybe to start games. And then in the second half, when you have that seven-point lead, 10-point lead, Dare I say, maybe even a little bit more. This isn't going to happen every game, but the philosophy is you should want to get out to that lead. So then that's where Saquon Barkley can come in. You can ground and pound Saquon Barkley. The offensive line could start leading on people. I really do believe in that kind of stuff. So that's kind of like the approach that I want this year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. All right, moving to just some other couple of quick things. So, Jalen Hyatt, obviously, mm-hmm. one of our nice little draft picks. I know him because he lit up Alabama this season, so I'm so happy that he's joining the New York Giants. <laughs> uh, no, in all serious, I am. It was a great pick. Happy um, he's not on Tennessee anymore. I am very happy that we need to <laughs> deal with that. Let's light up some other people. Let's light up the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, so there's clearly some negative talk on his kind of attitude, how he presents himself, his play. Then we're also seeing, you know, some talk, you know, he's taking some reps with, you know, the third string people. So just kind of like your thoughts behind that. So I must just say real quick, though, no shit. He's taking reps with third string. We literally just drafted him. So like everything out there that's like, oh, my God, what is this? Like, I mean, come on, like, let's pump it there. But yeah, so I mean, everything else, though, kind of what I'm hearing is, it doesn't really throw me off because I don't really know if it's true, but kind of what are your thoughts like on it? Cause I feel like you definitely see like within like your field of work and everything that you do, like you're constantly looking at like the, what the media says, you're seeing everything through Twitter. Like, so something like this is always so intriguing to me to like find out like what you're feeling about it. Yeah. And I mean, I know in particular, like where the conversation started with Hyatt is that NFL rookie watch page that, yeah, you know, they're, you know, that's a page that looks for engagement and they'll, yeah. they'll post, you know, certain stories or, you know, the, I, I haven't seen any of the beat reporters, any of our beat reporters really indicate that Hyatt seems off or, you know, oh, right. Hyatt's running with the third teams and I'm concerned with that. I haven't seen any of our beat reporters do it, but I mean, so anyway, like that, that's a page that is looking for interaction, especially this time of the year where, okay, the draft is over. What is NFL rookie watch really going to, how are they going to instigate people? Well, this is how, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I trust right, you know, as of right now, um, I really trust uh Brian Dable and Joe Shane. The fact that, you know, when they when they say smart, tough, dependable, I believe mm-hmm. it because in all all of the moves that they have made so far have really indicated guys that are smart, tough, and dependable, and that they are dedicated to their craft and dedicated dedicated to like working hard. So I'm not right, I'm not questioning that right now, um, with, with Jalen Hyatt. Um the, in terms of like the third string stuff, um I'm not worried about it because, you know, even just think back to Tennessee's offense and Tennessee's offense was like a very fake offense, you know, and you, and you hear that clip that went around constantly with like the Cowboys wide receiver coach. It's like, well, I can run routes. I can run routes, you know? And I'm, yeah, I love that Jalen Hyatt has that swagger to him. And he's yeah. like, Hey, you, you think that you, you think that you can run routes, you can run routes, you know, we're going to see it at the NFL level. But that is, that is like a huge question with Jalen Hyatt because Tennessee's offense didn't make him run routes. 
Um, so how is he going to be able to handle the full route tree and what is he going to look like? Is Are his routes crisp and stuff like that? So him starting with the third team, I'm okay with that, especially during the yeah. spring. Like we are in the spring and this I is know. like an, this is like an install period. They're not really like fully competing. Camp is going to be a time where they start to compete. So I would like to see Hyatt, you know, maybe get up there with the second team or in certain packages, yeah. get up there with, with the first team. Like how, <clears throat> how fun would a package would be? You want to talk about like NASCAR on defense. Remember the NASCAR package that we had <laughs> on the defense side of the ball for those Super Bowl teams? Well, let's get a package of like Darren Waller, um, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt. Like that is the ultimate NASCAR package right. on offense of like just speed, 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 speed. So there are certain situations and packages where I would like to see Hyatt work his way up to the second first team in camp. But right now Hyatt is like a little bit of a project player and that's fine. We drafted him in the third round. If we drafted Hyatt in the first round as like this pseudo project player, I'd be feeling a little bit more anxious, but the fact that we drafted him in the third round, like I'm cool. Take your time. Yeah. And it's a good problem to have because the Giants wide receiver room, even though it doesn't have a number one alpha wide receiver, they have a lot of guys kind of like on the outside <clears throat> and in the slot that, yeah, Jalen Hyatt's taking 13 reps because that's where he is on the depth chart right now. Yeah. Isaiah Hodgins, starter last year, knows the playbook. Darius Slayton, starter last year, knows the playbook. There are even like a guy like a Colin Johnson coming off an injury, but knows the playbook. So Hyatt's being brought up to speed right now versus all these other guys that are on the team, whether they're coming off of injury or where they were starting last year, they already know the playbook. They're up to speed. They know what's yeah. going on. Even a guy like Paris Campbell, you're a veteran. You've been through the run of the mill. Yeah. You've been on You've been on some NFL teams with some different coaching staffs. You know kind of like what's going on. Jalen Hyatt's a rookie, and you're just kind of getting up to speed. So um, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens with him during camp, and I'm really excited to see what happens with him. Yeah, you do realize I asked you that question to bring people down to earth. So yeah. thank you, <laughs> thank you for pulling people back from where where they were trying to go with that. Yeah. Uh, really, honestly, great response there. Um, so last one. So clearly, we've seen uh, Daniel Bellinger has showed up to OTAs. Looking, he showed up. <laughs> extra, extra, you know, jacked than we've seen before. A little pale, which is funny because I love that Brian yeah. Dable called him out for being super pale. Um, that cracked me up. It was on their social media like two days ago. He literally was like, you got to light, uh, darken up those legs, buddies. <laughs> I absolutely love that. But with that being said, you know, there's obviously conversations between him, Darren Waller, everything. Um, I'm really not trying to put them up against each other in this conversation. I strictly just want to ask you, well, how do you feel like that relationship is going to be for us this year? I think we're relationship wise. I think Waller is going to push Bellinger and I'm really, yeah. I'm really excited for that. Um, I can too. imagine just as a competitor, he's like, man, you know, I, I had this solid rookie year, you know, uh, you know, it was a good rookie year. Um, I got my eye for, ripped out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And you know, the crazy <laughs> thing about his getting eye ripped out is that that game, I actually thought he was going to be start. He was going to be start to use as a receiver a little bit more, and then that yeah. kind of momentum was just stripped right, right from him. No pun intended, but you know, yeah, that was, was eye little, cut out. That was eye tough, yeah. Um, that was tough. <laughs> so I can imagine it was a little like, damn, like you know, they traded for this really good tight end that is clearly and obviously better than me and does make the offense better. But I can imagine just from a competitor, like a competitor standpoint, he's like, damn, you know, that kind of sucks for me. But I do think like Bellinger understands that, you know, hey, in a, you know, this offense being like the number two tight end, that's like an awesome role for yeah. Daniel Bellinger. It, it really is. And I think it's going to push him, you know, clearly, you know, 
possibly caused them to push some more weights and showed right. up like completely and utterly jacked, which is awesome. Um, so I think the relationship is going to be good. There's also such they're they're such different players they too. Are. So they're going to be asked. So they're going to be asked to do to, two totally different things. So Bellinger is going to get playing time. You know, of Waller course. may come off the field and like you know purely run situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's when you're going to have like. Daniel Bellinger and Chris Myrick, if Myrick makes a team in 12 personnel packages, you know, and this is a running situation, they're going to be like your run blocking tight ends. Um, Bellinger also was used last year in as like an H back. Remember like uh, against the Colts and against the Vikings, there were some plays where he was lined up like a fullback yeah. and he mm-hmm. caught like 15 plus yard passes. And it's like, Oh, yeah. that's kind of awesome. The giants don't really have like a formal fullback on the roster anymore. So if you can use your tight end in that way, and then they're a threat to you know catch the ball out of the backfield, and that's not what teams are thinking of, that's super awesome. And that was some of Daniel Bellinger's yeah. most explosive plays last year. But I'm re- one of the like my big my big kind of like circling points that I'm looking out for early in camp is like personal grouping frequency and how Waller and Bellinger are used on the field at the same time. If they're used on the field at the same time, does one person come out for another if they come in? So that's something I'm going to be looking out for pretty early yeah. in camp in terms of how will they be used together? And like what what will their their shared responsibilities be when they are out on the field together? Because that is quite you know an exciting concept to have Daniel Bellinger as a tight end two, then Waller as a tight end one. Right. Will you have plays where Waller is lined up as like this X wide receiver, you know, as, as a tight end? And then Bellinger will be with his hand in the dirt as like your kind of conventional like tight end. Yeah. So how they will use them, both of them, um, is pretty exciting to me. And I think it's it should it shouldn't be viewed as like Bellinger taking a step down. It should be viewed as like the offense is just getting more versatile and it's getting better. No, absolutely not. And for a team that's been very thirsty for a solid tight end for a very mm-hmm. long time, I'm excited that we have this kind of dual threat right there. And I think yeah. everything that you just outlined is something that we really need to lean into um, with the talent that we have. And I can't wait, honestly. <laughs> All right, let's move into, uh, I've got some questions, you know, in regards just to talking giants, you know, John Boyne media, things like that. So in your role with Talking Giants, you know, inside, you know, John Boy Media, what is your favorite thing to do? I, I talked about it a little bit before about the tailgates, but anytime we get to like interact with like our community, like that, that is my absolute favorite thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. So like that watch party that we did at Mr. Purple for yeah. the Viking game, like that's like a top day of my life. Um, there's a video wow. out there of and i and i i look back on it every every once in a while somebody just followed me with you know with the camera and and they i guess we included it in like in a vlog somewhere of, of like just two minutes after the stream ended and after the game was over and you know still the people that were hanging out i just went and i hugged everyone you know just uh, number one like thank you for being there but also like holy shit the giants just want a playoff game right um <laughs> But I just going around and and hugging everyone that was there. You know, they they chose to watch a Giants right. playoff game. You know, tra- probably travel from. Th- there was somebody that travels from Germany to that watch party in New oh York City, God. which is which is so which is so crazy. So traveling to wherever they traveled from, um, in New York City, going to a place that they probably never have been to. Right. And, you know, we all watch the game like 200 of us, you know, watch the game together, at you know, at that bar. So, like, we're going to do more watch parties this year. We're going to do two away game watch parties this year. One's going to be 
against the the Bills Sunday Night Football, and then another one is going to be against uh, uh, the Raiders, which is like a 4:30 game. So we're doing two of those mm-hmm. this year. Um, anytime we get to have like events like that, um, uh, Fan Fest, you know, our Fan Fest event yeah. where you know we all get to come together, we have a live show, and you know, see everybody for the first time, you know, since since the regular season. That's my favorite stuff. Like, yeah. That we do, even like inside the office, outside the office, anytime we get to interact with our like people in our community, it's like my favorite thing. Yeah, I love that answer because you know it ties directly to the other question I had for you. You know, Talking Giants has really grown rapidly over the last couple of years. Again, I'm one of the early followers of you guys, and you know, something that you do so well, and I mentioned it earlier with the tailgates, you really do interact with your audience just so well, no matter if you have. 50,000 followers compared to like five followers. It's just, it's been you and Bobby for so long. It's just, it's, you're the faces you are with your audience constantly. So clearly it means a lot to you from what you just shared with me, but you know, just diving into it more, like what is the importance of you guys continuously interacting, whether it's through social media uh, at live events, you know, at the tailgates, anything like that. Like, what is that importance to you as you guys continue to grow to this day? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I have like a definition of why it's important just because it's, it's, it's fulfilling. Like that's like, that's the thing that like fulfills me, like getting, you know, I think we all like affirmation and I I will never, I will never shy away from saying like, yeah, like I kind of, like I put out podcasts and I press publish on podcasts and videos and, you know, or even if it's like a little tweet now and then, especially one that maybe I'll, I'll put a little bit more care into if it's a video or social media post. I like the affirmation. I like, oh, I like this. And when people say I like this and I enjoy yeah. this, that makes that makes me that makes me <laughs> feel good. So, um, you know, it's not it's not even like defining the importance just because it is important. Like, you know, but just getting, getting the affirmation back from, from people means the world, um, you know, and experiencing the the highs and lows of, you know, what this team does, you know, right. we, we've certainly have experienced the lows as the, <laughs> as the years have gone on. And I'm very proud of what we've been able to do, especially considering there have been way more years and times that the team has been bad than good. Like this past year, it finally was good. Um, you know, yeah. and, and we obviously, you know, we, we continue to grow from there, but you know, it, the, major, the base of people, you know, we, we all kind of got there by experiencing the team losing and experiencing, you know, the latter part of judge and Gettleman and, you know, being right. like the, the national embarrassment for, for a hot <laughs> sec. Um, so that that's, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. No, it does. I mean, we're a community, like you said. There's yeah. so many people that I've even met over over the years. And it's my connection for being a Giants fan. Obviously, you know, this podcast and other things I've done are, are more, more largely at a NFL level and college yep. football level. But being able to sit with you guys and sit down and talk and see you at games and to bitch and moan or celebrate on Twitter, <laughs> celebrate this last season <laughs> yeah. on, on Twitter. It's and like not others. a word we're used to. 
it's not, it's not, um, but it was nice. Um, but we're always there. And I think again, like you guys have really built a nice foundation. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm very proud to see where you've come, but I'm also just so happy to see that you've stayed authentic in that as well. You know, it's not like you bumped up to a bazillion followers overnight and you kind of lost where you were. Like it's been Everything I see from you is what I've seen from day one. Um, oh, now you just, everyone fucking knows who you are, <laughs> which is so nice to, to see. So I, I love that you shared that story too of, you know, the show, or excuse me, the watch party um, and just going up to everyone and giving them love because you had so many things to celebrate, people being there for you, but then also a nice little playoff win that I don't yeah. think anyone expected for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely talking about some highlights here and being happy and ecstatic and everything like that. But a part of Third and Wine and a part of this mm. episode is my favorite segment. <laughs> it is called Wine It Out. Obviously, we are Third and Wine. Wine is involved. And Wine It Out is a play on literally whining, literally complaining. I give my guests week after week the opportunity to bitch, moan, complain, whine about anything that you want to. So Justin, yeah. here's the mic. I mean, you've had the mic the whole time, but <laughs> here it is again to really complain. I'm going to whine about how it sucks feeling unfulfilled. And like, they're not like in- Please not explain like in what you mean. Not, not, <laughs> I don't mean like in life, like I'm feeling unfulfilled in life, but this time of the year sucks every single year. Cause I'm talking about like, oh, like, Mr. Purple and our, our playoff event and our, and our tailgate. And that's the stuff that really makes me feel whole and like completes yeah. me. But now it's like, especially after the draft, it's like, well, you don't get any of that. The, like the NFL does right. such a good job of for so many months of the year, you have stuff to talk about, you have stuff yeah. to do. And then when it's done, it's done. Unless somebody yeah. gets arrested, which happened, uh, we've seen, which we've seen the last <laughs> like two years ago, <laughs> which was a bizarre summer, um, which was a pretty big launching point for Talking Giants. Actually, yeah, we covered, we covered the DeAndre Baker story you very did. well. Yes, um, you did. Yes, you did. I too well, some may say. Uh, I brought um, up DeAndre Baker recently, and I was like, because I think it was like talking about like busts, and I was like, fucking yeah. DeAndre Baker, like allow and me. <laughs> and we traded up for him too, which yes, is even like, the crazier part. Huge. Um, and I think I brought it up on an episode, and someone was like, oh my god, I forgot about that. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> But this but. time of the year, like, it, it's nice that, yeah, you get to take a breath and it is like the final breath that you get before the season starts. Right. And then basically from, you know, from end of July and then August to January and you hope February, you're, you're, you don't have a breath. You're not taking a breath. You don't have your, your weekends and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, but this time of the year, always even going back to when, even before I was like fully employed with John Boy Media and right. stuff like that, I would always feel very anxious like oh i'm not doing enough uh i i'm not i'm not publishing a really good tweet every single day yeah. um so i i'm still like getting over like those feelings that i would have when i was a little bit younger um of like being like i'm not fulfilled by like the content and the things that i'm doing right now but i know i know i will be in august um but yeah so that so that's my wine i'm whining that 
Justin doesn't have enough to do right now. Um, even though stuff at John Boy Media is great, like uh, I'm, you know, we're we're doing a lot of the the blitzball stuff. Do a lot, yeah. I know uh, it, a lot of the blitzball stuff. I'm I'm involved in you know a lot of what they do with the with the gaming channel. There are certain videos on, on part of their entertainment channel that I'm doing. I'm trying to launch like a radio show on uh, on Ooh, uh, right now. So there are certain things that believe me, I'm still I'm not just sitting home vacationing, but right. um. I love football. I love football. I love no. Giants football. I wanted to come back, and without it, I don't feel fully fulfilled in my life. So I would like, I would like time to somewhat hurry up, but not go too fast. Yeah, I feel you. I'm happy that you clarified the unfulfilled thing because I think yeah. some of the listeners are probably like, "Oh no, is he unfulfilled?" Life? No, I need, I love, needed to, love, I needed to have, not I needed to have a good opening line, and that's how I got people in. <laughs> I feel unfulfilled. I think that's what I'm going to clip for this, like to just provoke only this clip podcast. That just five second. I feel unfulfilled. unfulfilled. And that's going to be <laughs> my lead in. <laughs> no, I love I get that. Call, I get called into the office and I'm like, you're all right. Like, <laughs> excuse me. We need to, we heard you on a, an external podcast and we're a little concerned about you. No, nothing to be concerned about because I am definitely in your boat there. We are in this time where it's like, and they're almost like teasing us now, like with OTAs and things that yeah. they're doing like prior to, it's like the pre preseason that they're really teasing us right now. Um, I know we spoke before the show and I had mentioned to you that just like in conversations with my boyfriend, like I'm, I'm football, I'm, I'm college football and NFL. Those are my mm -hmm. sports. I'm, in them 100%. Other sports, I'll watch. Of course I will, but I don't have a team. I'm just whatever. He's diehard for everything. And he admits constantly, no other franchise, no one gives you what the NFL gives you right. week after week. You could be a basketball fan. You could be a baseball fan. It's it's just you're watching a sport. They don't give you the entertainment that you need every week for a couple of months. The NFL is the only organization that delivers. And I listen, yeah, sure. I... I'm not a fan of other sports, but I can feel it that we are the only one that's really given it. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Justin, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight. I love that you brought up in the beginning. It's just friends sitting down and talking because clearly this is what this is. We just like to say, hey, let's get on a pod and let's get live and talking. But I will see you soon. I probably will see you at camp. I probably will see you during the season as well. I mean, camp is a maybe. I will definitely see you during the season. But before we sign off uh, for this episode, please let my audience know where they can follow you, where they can follow Talking Giants. Yeah, at Talking Giants, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, podcast apps, Spotify, all all that, all that fun stuff. Uh, check out, you know, JM Football too. You know, su subscribe and keep it up because there there are certain videos that I'm kind of working on that are very different from podcasts and they're not short form, but they're not long form. Uh, I'm, I have some ideas that I'm that I'm trying to work on that are like some video essay stuff. So keep an eye on Love keep it. an eye out for that. Um, check out the warehouse games uh, that that we're doing at John Boy Media. Um, I've seen like, them; they're funning. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to be part of like my first major tournament, which is called the Ball and Play League. It's uh, John Boy Media personalities plus uh, professional cricket players, and we oh, basically I love that. we basically made up a game where it's a combination between baseball and cricket, and we played it in our warehouse. and I, And I'm part of that tournament. Um, so you you know. Why I think the games premiere a couple times a week. They start uh, on a Sunday coming up. So check out the warehouse games and uh, say that you want you want more panic. You want more Justin panic and stuff. Uh, that'll that'll certainly mean a lot. 
You heard it here first, people. We want more panic. I obviously want more panic. I will get you back on third and wine in the future. We will obviously connect once the season starts. But Justin, as always, thank you for your support and thank you for coming on third and wine. Thank you. Of course. And thank you, everyone. I will catch you on the next episode.